All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Save the Track Bike, presented by Hexagon Cycles. That's hexagoncycles.com. On today's episode, it's a really exciting one. I have Evan Murphy from MASH SF. We talk about Red Hook, we talk about Mission, we talk about how he got involved with MASH. Uh, we talk about the upcoming Bone Machine. And speaking of Bone Machine, stick around at the end because we have a short conversation with Ernesto, the founder of Bone Machine. And yeah, we have a little preview of the race. So without further ado, let's just get into it. I'm Evan Murphy. Uh, and the most relevant thing to this podcast is I race track bikes for MASH SF. Um, only really uh, fixed gear criterions. I don't really do the Alicat thing anymore but um yeah so how did you get into (laughs) yeah go ahead go ahead sorry (laughs) oh you're good uh so how'd you get into cycling what's your history with that yeah um i think it's it's important to know that uh, my brother and um walton brush um my brother's kyle murphy and walton brush who most people probably know also from mash um they we all went to high school together in Portland, Oregon. And, um, my brother's younger than me and, uh, him and Walton like started racing bikes in Portland, like alley cats at the velodrome at Alpen Rose, uh, like Mount Tabor series on road bikes. And I was like, I was in college and I was really inspired. Um, so I just, that's when I started racing. Um, but and when I was in high school, like the track bike kind of craze had just hit Portland. And I, uh, I, bought, I think I like begged my parents for like a Bianchi Pista one Christmas. So I had been kind of riding bikes. Um, and, but racing for me really started in college. I was in art school on the East Coast and um, I started racing um, collegiate road racing. And then, um, Actually, before that, I, I would do, like, Alley Cats in Providence, Rhode Island, which is, like, kind of this small city, but it had, like, a really it had a really healthy uh, Alley Cat scene, actually. A um, couple of pretty key players uh, kind of got me into it. Donnie Green um, and this other guy. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, man. Two... It's a long time ago now, but uh, Donnie Green really stands out in my mind. He kind of got me, got me like introduced to the scene, and um, we were like racing alley cats. Anyways, that was a long-winded way to say um, <laughs> the real, the big motivator was Kyle and Walton, and then, um, and then like it just snowballs. I mean, as, I mean, everyone has this experience where like you kind of like, you kind of like dip your toes in, and I feel like people are either like. Eh, this is not for me, you know, some people are like, it's too competitive or I don't like the skin tight clothing or it's too expensive or whatever. And it's not for them. And if it's for you, you know, and it's like, you just dive in. You, it's, I, I see it all the time. Like, um, and then it's just from there on, you're just obsessed. I, I, I mean, I could be like generalizing here, but that, that was my experience. And I know a lot of people have had similar experiences. So, um, so how did mesh come about? Man, the history kind of goes back in many different ways. Um, but um, 
again, like it, it's so related to Walton and Kyle for me. Um, Walton was involved in MASH. He went on this like tour of California trip that's like kind of notorious if you know about it, where like the MASH crew at the time, which was like Garrett Schaub, Blake Benapka, uh, another guy, I can't remember who, Rainier was there, Walton. They like did the tour to Cal- tour of California route behind the race on track bikes. Um, so they did like hundred mile days, like through the mountains of California on track bikes. Um, and, and that's like a tangent. The point being Walton was like kind of like the gateway for Kyle and I, and a lot of people really, um, I mean, anyone who's like met Walton, he's just, he's so charismatic and, enthusiastic it's hard not to like get swept up in it um and so when red hook started to become like a serious thing and mash finally kind of started racing i met all of those guys uh because kyle was on the team the team which like makes it sound like it's a team but it's really just a group of friends um basically being like you know uh, led around uh, by Mike Martin, who also anyone who's had the chance to meet um, is just a really wonderful person. And um, and so, like, meeting them, it was always like I wasn't racing for MASH. It wasn't really clear why I was racing with Stanridge. I mean, it, it was great. Um, Adam's great. Stanridge is an awesome uh, bike bicycle brand. But Mike was like, dude, your brother's on this team we're all friends. Like we were like literally traveling. I was doing everything at red hooks with Nash, but not racing for them. So that's kind of, it, it was like, for me, it was like my brother, tons of friends. And it was just like, this makes, this just makes sense. Um, and I've just been so fortunate because, um, you know, I, I've, I've never lived in San Francisco, which people think I have because I, I represent mash in fixed gear crits. Um, you know, I've I've I got I've been lucky enough to get out and film for the ten year video, um, and I, I just feel really lucky to represent Mike's brand and all the work Chaz does, and people in the past who've done a lot of input in, into you know what that brand visually looks like and the products that they make. Um, I really believe in them, and I think they've pushed they've certainly pushed track bike culture forward, and I really think they've pushed you know, they've been an integral part, part to the Red Hook Red success. So it's just really awesome, man. It's just like, that's how it came about. You know, I just met the guys and Kyle's on the team and, um, yeah. And from there, it's just been just really good vibes and low pressure. We're not like, we, we're not going to win. We don't have to win. We don't have to get results. Um, we're just out there to like, you know, make the best of it and and that that's really special too i think that's pretty rare yeah i think it's really interesting to see because i still remember when like the first mash videos were coming out like way back in the day and like i remember me and all my friends like sitting around watching on early youtube of uh mash writing with like lance armstrong and stuff and it's Uh just like i don't know it's just been such an integral part of the culture that yeah, it does seem like something really special and and 
I was like really stoked to see you up there at Red Hook in the top five. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? This year's Red Hook and what that experience yeah. was like? Because it seemed wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was. That's a good word. Um, yeah, I feel like it was... Uh, what do I want to say? I guess like... Um, I w- it rained. That's That's the like the sentence it rained right at the end and that changed the dynamic of the racing 180 degrees. And I was anyone who has participated in red hook crit long enough, um, raced in the edition. I want to say, was it like 2014 or something when it like, it rained like the whole day in Brooklyn. Um, I bet like anyone who did that race, can tell you like like that's the day i learned how to ride a track bike in the rain and like i've commuted i've like you know whatever you can say a million things but like that was the day i learned like okay this is how you slow down this this is how to trust your bike this is how to trust your tires like you know here you you learn i learned so much in that day and i was really grateful for that experience um because it was it was so awesome the rain started to fall and guys who were at the front of the race literally were dropping like flies. I mean, it was crazy. Um, I don't want to like name call anybody, but there were guys pulling shoot and immediately as soon as the rain started to fall. Um, and then there were other guys who I can name drop like Brian, uh, like Safa who shoots to the front. Like, where'd you even come from? And is like <laughs> chopping it up. And, and, and I think, you know, the cream really rose to the top and that was super cool because I felt like I was one of the guys again, um, which I haven't felt like in a while. I felt like, um, experience on a track bike really kind of showed, showed itself, which was refreshing because I feel like the last couple of years, it sort of felt like super strong guys who have decent bike handling and have like spent a year practicing track bikes were just like dominating. Um, so it was like really cool to see, you know, the guys have really put in the work up at the front, um, mixing it up. Um, that being said, I think Justin Williams was unbelievable. Um, and like, I love to hate specialized because they're like, they're, they're like the Yankees of red hook crit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I love, I like those guys individually. Um, and like, I, I'm not like angry at any of the racers, but like, and I don't care about talking shit, but like <laughs> specialized things that can come in and like own a piece of this, like guys, you know, it's just like, ugh, whatever. But Justin Williams's ride was unbelievable. Um, he has, he has come so far in the red hook crit fixed gear crit scene. I mean, he was, he was a non-factor for several years now. People like to talk about him now as if he was always good, but he came to Barcelona and got his butt kicked. I mean, he was like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're aware, but like he did not have a good race. And, um, for a couple of years there, he was kind of trying it out. And it's like, so to see him progress was really, 
impressive. Um, yeah, I know and, when I had I had Gabe and David on before Red Hook, and I don't remember if David actually said this. Oh, I think he did. Anyway, uh, I know Gabe talked about it for sure, about Justin kind of like a lot of times he would seemingly forget how short the race is, and and he would be waiting the whole time and then be like way in the back. And I remember we talked about that before, so seeing – Justin kind of up in the front and almost take it was really interesting because it was like, you know, four days before having that conversation about uh, exactly what we're talking about right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there was, I mean, it was, you know, similarly, he was, I guess also why I bring him up is because like he was still racing aggressively when the rain started falling. And that was, that was the tone that changed was like, I really felt like there were like, four or five guys in the front who were like still racing. And then it really felt like the rest of everybody else was just like scared shitless. And so that was, that was like the, that the way that the tone changed there too was like, you could really tell who was like, who was confident, who had, who had the ability and, and the guts. Um, but also this, yeah, the skill really. And he, he, I think he had it. I think, I mean, 14 or however you say his name for four is it 14 or for tan 14 yeah for, 14 yeah um i mean he's like heads above and he's good at riding track bikes and it's like okay well he's like the star of the show right now he's incredible um but um but yeah I, um so yeah that was it was just it was it was it was exciting the ending was uh the last three laps were like crazy they were a blur um but uh that was the that was the race you know yeah um, it was rad to was see like you and safa up there and just like yeah it was it was really exciting i love seeing mash up in in the top five so <laughs> um, yeah me, me too <laughs> <laughs> right uh because yeah i mean it is that history and and it is interesting to see like uh specialized with such a big team it's just crazy to see. Uh, do you think that maybe the course being like less technical had something to do with that? Yeah. I mean, my, I rode that course in the, um, qualifier. I looked at the course and I was like, wow, this is, I don't think this is a very good course. And then, um, I rode the course in the qualifier and I said, so anyone who would listen, this this is going to be a field sprint. Um, and my, the conspiracy theory part of my brain was like, oh my God, they made a course specifically for specialized sprint train. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the course. Okay. So, and let's, let's clarify. Cause in my opinion, that was a very, that was a very technical course in that it had, a lot of corners. I think what you're referring to when you say technical is like, like uh, there's no hairpin. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's none of the, you really need to know how to slow your bike down a lot and get back up to speed kind of situation. And actually the first corner was the most difficult corner in my opinion. Um, I wonder if anyone else would agree with me, but 
you came in with so much speed into that corner and it didn't optically look like a hair, like a, it didn't look sharp. Um, but the potential to enter that corner with too much speed was very high. And also actually, I think I might be onto something because that was where a lot of the crashes were as well. Um, but the, the kind of like the like teardrop or hairpin for lack of a better word, like you're saying, you didn't have to slow down. I mean, you kind of did, but like you rail, you pretty much railed that corner. And I think that's the, that's, I really think that that's part of what's so, what, what's previously so hard about red hook courses is that you come to a complete standstill and you, and then you accelerate from like a standstill back up to speed. And that's that like stretching of the elastic is what shatters the field normally. And that wasn't there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but but it's a good course. It's a, it's like a oh, safe. Yeah. It's a safer course. I it, I ended up enjoying it. I was so glad it rained. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like oh, this is a really it's a really easy course of control. One of the things was you did first corner, and basically upon the exit of first corner, um, it wasn't obvious as a spectator, but you were basically recovering from that corner all through the S turns until you exited back onto the long straightaway. So that whole section, there was no, basically no power output because it was such tight corners and they were all back to back. You really weren't like going hard through there. So even if you got a gap of like six seconds or something and you're like going berserk, you can't really go that fast through that section. And I think that also kind of contributed to keeping the fields um, more or less together. Um, so it's an interesting course, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's always good to fun to get the perspective from the people that were actually there. Cause I was basically just sitting at home, uh, watching on Instagram. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so, you know, you can only like surmise so much information from that. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's really good. It's really cool to get your perspective, but what's, what, what is your history with red hook? How many have you done now? Or when was your uh. first one? <laughs> So I'm going to get the years wrong. That's but... cool. I'm terrible with years and stuff. So Okay. Okay, cool. So three times, Red, the first three times Red Hook Crit happened, it was on city streets in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth year, it moved into um, the now iconic uh, terminal. So the last year it was on the streets was the third year it happened. Right. I'm getting this right. Aren't I? I hope I'm getting this right. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it sounds that right. Was the fir- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anybody listening it was, knows, just yeah. email me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I'm thinking is like, maybe it was four years on city streets and then it moved over to the terminal. But either way I did the last one that was still on city streets. Okay. And that was my first red hook. And I, I hadn't even done, I think I had done like two collegiate road races. I'd done some alley cats, took the bus down from school and raced. And back in the day, uh, Trimble had it like, you actually had free laps, like a normal criterion. Um, so I actually flatted, I think I flatted like a rear wheel. There was like this crazy pothole on the course, flatted my rear wheel went into the pit, changed it, got back on course 
in my group. And at that point, it was like it had been whittled down to like four riders. It was like Neil, Dan, and like Ktel or whoever the good guys were at that time. And I was like dangling off the back. And I'll tell you what, I've never been able to publicly tell, talk about this, but I have so much. Um, I was so bummed because Lucas Brunel, who's that famous dude who films track bike guys with yeah. his like helmet camera. Yes. He was following the race on his road bike and he got in between the group and me after my free lap and bunny hopped the same pothole that I had flatted in earlier. And I went in and double flatted and was out of the race. No. So it was a, it was a trial by fire. <laughs> and I, uh, I had a ton of bad luck. I didn't know anyone in the scene. I basically like everyone started partying and I just like, you know, went home. Um, but then I was totally hooked. I thought it was so cool. Came the next year, broke a chain. And then the following year, so I broke a chain the next year. Uh, I was racing for like the local team I was racing for in New York city. And then following year broke it, broke a chain. So nothing to speak of still no one, no, no one gives a fuck. Uh, and then the next year, like nothing broke. And I got, I think I got third or second. I think I got third behind like Rainier and Dan or yeah. And then, uh, man, I can't really keep a track, but that, that, that feels right. Um, and then that's when, uh, Trimble was like, you got to go to Milan and Stanridge was like, Hey, let me send you a bike. And then that's when kind of like my, I, I, I got started getting supported and it was like, Oh, this is rad. I'm going to do these events as long as I can. And actually I took a break from it for a little while when I was uh, road racing professionally, but yeah, I've done so it's the 11th year. I think I've done, and I, at least uh, 15 events worldwide. That that seems right. That might be less. Yeah. What were some of your favorite memories from Red Hooks you've done? Such a good question. Because um, then the years well, don't matter. You don't even have to tell me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Right. Um, uh, it's kind of been mentioned a lot, but um, the first year I did Milan, I crashed Neil Bezdek out uh, the first lap. And he was like, at that time, he was like the king of Red Hook. Um, and definitely I should not have done that. It was a total uh, noob move, rookie mistake. And then I, my bike was okay. His was messed up. Uh, I got back, jumped up on my bike, got back in the race, and then I won the race. Um, that was, I mean, that, that, that's the only Red Hook I've actually ever won. And that, that was, uh, that was really awesome. Uh, I had a lot of good luck. Um, that stands out big time. And Neil's become a good friend uh, and has really helped me in my bike racing career. And he's, I mean, he introduced me to my girlfriend and so it's all good, but um, that's a, that's a big uh, cherished memory, often told story. And then uh, I think another thing that stands out was um, Barcelona, who knows what year I wasn't yet on mash and Kyle got on the podium 
and I got on the podium. And that was when Dave Trimble was doing five per people on the podium at once. Um, he's now moved it to three, which I really support. Dave, if you're listening, I think that was a good move back to three. But um, nonetheless, it was so, it was so fun to stand up there with my brother. That was a really special moment. Um, and another, let's see, what other, I mean, there's like these tiny little vignettes, you know, like yeah. the first time Stefan viz the fish, most people know him as fish. Um, the first time he like really came and like smashed a red hook in Brooklyn, I remember being so flabbergasted at how aggressive he was racing. I like, I told Trimble he should be like kicked out of the race. I <laughs> thought he was like irresponsible. He almost killed me. And like, I've since learned that like he was just like thrown an elbow, you know, like, and I've since learned like what he was doing was like fair game from his world. Um, that, that really, that was, that's like a funny moment when I think back. <laughs> Another one is, um, I think, uh, I mean like, yeah, I mean, there's like, there's all these amazing friend moments, all these people I've met, all of these like incredible experiences I've had just like in these foreign cities and in New York city. But like to keep it in racing, I'd say like another one is, um, yeah, the year Red Hook was, was rain. So that was, uh, otherworldly, just so anxiety, so much anxiety. Um, that was, I mean, I, I, that was a really hard year. Uh, there, you know, Shane Farrow, a good friend, she, she, you know, punctured a lung in a crash. Um, this random French guy came and schooled us all. Um, you know, you couldn't see the whole race. You basically just were like, you couldn't wear glasses. I couldn't wear glasses. So it was just kind of like, you couldn't get a draft because you were always like riding a little bit off the wheel. So you weren't getting like smashed, smashed in the face with rain. Um, Oh, you know what was a cool experience was one year last year uh, when I did Barcelona, I did this. I qualified for Super Pole, and that doesn't happen anymore. Um, it was kind of dumb, and it's a good thing it doesn't happen. But that was a cool experience. Um, it was really weird, and it was unique because the crowd was like so ready for the race. Um, it happens like right. Bef- it would it would happen like right before the women's race or something like this. Um, and you just it was it was like ten people doing an individual time trial once around the course, and it was a cool experience. It was a lot of anxiety. Um, I didn't do well, but it was it was really cool. Um, that was really fun. That stands out. Um, yeah, man. There's so many. I mean, yeah. <laughs> each race you can think of something cool. No, for sure. What have what what races outside of uh, Red Hook have you done and uh, as far as like fixed gear crits and what are some of the highlights of those events as well, or just highlighting the event in general? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well this year was my first year doing mission crit and, um, I loved it. And anyone who, um, wants to do fixed gear crits, uh, should definitely attend. I think it's, it's like, it's great. It's a premier fixed gear event and the crowds are amazing and the course is extraordinarily difficult. Um, uh, honestly, 
I uh, have not taken part in many other fixed gear crits besides um, Red Hook Crit. Uh, I mean, it, it really, when it was four events a year, it really, or three events a year, it, it soaked up. It was enough, it was enough uh, pressure and preparation to just do those, for me at least, um, especially with road racing and cyclocross on top of it. Um, uh, but yeah, we've got like a, we've got a weekly fixed gear crit series, believe it or not in Portland. That's really fun. Um, it's usually like 10 of us line up. Most of them are track track racers. It's on a, it's on a motor motor, you know, like a car racing track. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta say for me, it's really been red hook. And, um, I think everybody owes Dave a real, uh, you know, real thank you for like providing that platform. Cause it was enough for me. Yeah. Let's year. talk a little bit about mission crit a little more. Um, cool. Yeah. That race, the, I watched the live stream of that one and it just seemed flat out from the gun. And I would love to get your perspective on, on how that race was and your experience at it. And, uh, and I'm looking at, the results right now because i forgot where you were and you're at fifth place <laughs> so top five again so yeah let's uh talk a little bit about that race yeah so i mean again like anybody listening out there who if i get this wrong i'm sorry but um uh i believe that the race started like in a parking lot and then it like moved out onto the city streets and I, to the best of my knowledge, the course hasn't really changed, but I could be totally wrong. No, um, you're right. Cause I was talking to James and, and since they're actually closing off streets, it's really hard for them to change the course up. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, great. So, um, to that end, it's, it's, it's an, it's to me, the race is, it's still on city streets, which Red Hook in the U.S. is not. In Milan, it's on city streets. In Barcelona, it's not. Uh, and I don't know about London because I've never done London. But, um, yeah, it's on city streets. It's, like, open to the public. It's extraordinarily gritty because it's on city streets. Um, and then it's got, like, it's got two hairpins, um, one after the other, and then it's got like a downhill chicane um, that I found very, very challenging. Um, and it's, and then it's got a, like this drag strip um, section that goes into the last corner of the race. And the last corner of the race is like a hairpin. It's a large hairpin, but it's definitely a hairpin. Uh, and, and there's a huge straightaway going into it. Um, and so the race happens on this straightaway. Uh, and it's ex very exciting because it's also the darkest part of the course. Um, uh, you know, I think like in the future, as that race grows, I feel like getting spectators out to that area or as the live stream progresses, you know, lighting that part of the course up and really highlighting it, like tactically, that was the most important part of the course and it was the most interesting from a racer's perspective um part of the course because um it's really the only place you could 
move up in position and it's the and it was like the best place especially if you're a rider like me to like really kind of like do something in terms of attacking um and um yeah the race this year was really frustrating specialized brought everybody but alex briggs and um they were riding like so well um and it's like it's got a lot of the same people from like the regular red hook crit series but not quite as many you know there's like not really that many europeans um so like nobody was really like i think i think everybody was kind of like ready to let specialized do their thing and then like I had this like weird like adopted child need to like prove myself in front of like <laughs> San Franciscans and I just like chased everything like I could hear like my coach Ariel was like he lives in San Francisco and he's like on the side I could hear him being like stop chasing them down <laughs> it was like okay I'm, I'm not racing smart um so yeah I mean they put me on the ropes like I I think I wouldn't say I was the only one racing in Specialized. I think a couple of the Amazon guys really, really put in some digs, and there were a couple guys from Heavy Pedal who kind of like helped help me chase. But pretty much like, yeah, I would if I went with a Specialized guy, they wouldn't work, and and then they would like they were so smart they would. So just before the chicane, there's a straightaway of about mm, like maybe 75 meters. Um, and they would like stack all their guys at the front through that section. One of them would attack and then they'd go like too wide next to each other into the chicane. So a couple times I like literally couldn't chase the rider who had attacked like through the chicane. And so that's like an automatic, you know, five, six second gap, um, which is an eternity in a fixed gear crit. Um, so like stuff like that, where it was just like, they were using their numbers against everybody. Um, they were racing super smart. Um, their guys are really strong. So I was frustrated, but then I realized like, wait, that's, that's cool. I'm just going to chase them down. I'm going to chase them down all night. I'll be on the front all night. That's fine. You know, like who cares? Uh, and I'll still sprint at the end. I think it would have been cool if I'd gotten better than fifth, but, um, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a definite, I, I think I was like, wow, oh, that's, that's what, you know, I was getting kind of like bummed. I was like, oh, that's what Red Hook's going to be like. And I was like, no, wait, we're going to go to Red Hook. There's going to be a bunch of these crazy psycho Europeans. <laughs> it's going to be a different race. And it was, thankfully. Um, but yeah, they controlled the race. And um, that really, as far as racing goes, that really defined it for me was like feeling like I want to get away with one of these specialized guys. It's not really happening. I was no one else was really going to chase. So I was chasing and then like countering my chase. And it was just like, I was being dumb. Uh, I was not racing smart. Um, but all things considered, like had a great experience and it was cool that James did a five person podium. Cause I got to spray champagne on <laughs> all of those guys. Um, and it was just fun, man. Like anybody who's got a chance to go to that race, I'd really recommend it. Cause it just feels like a street party. And even if you didn't race, 
you you just have a blast. There's like good food all over the place. Um, and it's just a fun vibe. I mean, it's just great to party. So what are you, what are your plans next? Like what races are you planning on doing next? Yeah. Uh, in terms of fixed gear crits, I'm going to be doing bone machine crit. Um, it's here in Portland. I live in Portland now. Um, Portland, I think a lot of people see it as a bit of a epicenter for some of the fixed gear, at least back in the day, the kind of messenger fixed gear growth, some of it came from here. So, um, it's cool that there's, you know, now a race kind of sinking its teeth, um, into the scene. And, um, and so that's the fix. Yeah. For fixed gear racing, that's, that's kind of the next one on deck. Um, I'm hoping that, um, you know, the U S calendar is kind of not, um, not super saturated in terms of fixed gear crit events. I'm hoping we can get some, get some people out here. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, I got some road races on deck. I'll race some cross later in the fall, but at least coming up, uh, coming up soon, that's July 8th is blow machine crit. So that's, that's kind of my next, uh, track bike target. Let's talk about the bike that you're riding now. Cause you have that. Oh yeah. You have that new mash track bike. That's about to drop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That bike is sick. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so interesting, you know, when you really know the history of what mash has done with bike design. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think that, um, it was, chinelli mash but really it was mash chinelli um you know all the all the geometries all the tube selection everything everything came from Chaz, mike walton um you know all the rider input on how they were going how aggressive they were going to make the parallax um you know, all of that came from these, these guys in San Francisco. Um, and I think if you understand that, um, you know, it kind of makes sense like where, you know, the new bike, I mean, I've only, I haven't ridden the, uh, the mash work frame yet, um, the steel frame, but, um, this aluminum bike is like a true racing bike and it, um, takes a lot of the work that Chaz and Walton did on the parallax and it just improved it. Um, it's slight improvements to the geometry. Um, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's easier to ride. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how many geometry nerds are going to listen to the podcast, but, um, it's just a little bit slacker head, uh, rake. And I think there's some, I think the wheelbase is a little bit longer, but then the major kind of, tech improvement is that the frame is like i don't know how much lighter but it's significantly lighter um it's a different tube it's a custom tube set it's way stiffer uh and then the fork is like a custom fork um pretty sure al nelson designed the fork shape and then that's a full carbon fork so you know i i you can see a lot of full carbon forks. Like you can buy one from Envy and put it on your steel bike. But, um, you know, this one's like made from scratch, which is really unique. And I think the bike, so as far as like a racer, I mean, I'm ecstatic. It's 
it's better in every way. Um, and then what's, I think what's probably my favorite thing about it as like a, like a bike nerd is that, um, you know, like mash has really kind of stuck with this aesthetic of like, this is like a tool for riding in the city as fast as you can. And it's like a simple tool that you can like take around the world and race. So like, I really appreciate that. It's like, it's got like a, a more kind of like classic look as far as like the tube shapes go. I feel like the trend right now is to build these like gigantic down tube kind of road bike knockoff kind of looking things or time <laughs> trial bike kind of things. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Your bike looks like a motorcycle, but like, you know, <laughs> I dig that. I dig that the mash bike is, is a little more classy and I think it'll really kind of, you know, like that is that that's an aesthetic you can ride for a couple of years and not, you know, not feel self-conscious when you're like in your forties, you know, riding your kids to the park. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think, I just, I think it looks great. And the, the graphics Al did, they're like the, I think, have you seen the bike? It's like, it, oh, it's yeah. called gamma. It's like, I just think it's great. It's like, yeah, gray on black. It's just like, can't get enough of it but yeah um yeah it's great i think uh it's not like a giant leap forward but you know like i said at the beginning of this rant uh if you understand the input mash made into the parallax which was 100 percent mash um and you understand how many times that geometry and style of bike has been ripped off um then you understand this is like a further progression of that project um, by those guys. You know, I have no input on the geometry. I, I couldn't even tell you how to change it to make it better. Um, I, I'm really lucky that Walton, Chaz, and Mike are so good at that. Um, and, but, but yeah, um, you know, I think, yeah. I think, seeing it as like a progression from mash it's exciting that it's like it's only getting better yeah it just seems like <clears throat> to me that it's it's cool that it's mash because i i'm with you that i never really saw the mash chinelli bikes as like i never thought that the guys at chinelli would be like hey you know what a track bike needs to do it needs to be able to fit giant tires <laughs> and and so people can do track low cross, you know, <laughs> right, and stuff like that. Yeah, I I just think that's funny. But um, so uh, what are you mm -hmm. listening to while you're training right now? Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. Um, I listen to like probably it's probably like music for fourteen year olds. Like it's like electronic, like. Diplo stuff where it's like there's like a girl singing and she's been auto-tuned and then there's like a dance beat behind it like that is like my that's like my you know my guilty pleasure when I'm training I can ride so fast to like Sia or like um or like uh I honestly don't know the names of these people but like <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. it's embarrassing to say, but yeah, like hype dance music for 14 year olds. That is, that's my jam for training. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I listen to better music when I'm not training, but <laughs> when I'm training, man, I can't get enough of that stuff. For sure. Cool. So I think this is a good place to end it. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for getting the podcast going and like keeping people informed and giving us weirdos, a a voice and um, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's, it's, they're really fun to listen to and um, it's important work you're doing. So keep it up, man. Cool. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And uh, yeah. uh, Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, Well, if it's red hook season and, uh, and I've done my, work right then uh mash mashsf.com he michael usually posts some words i've written or um some photos and then uh if you're on instagram my instagram a lot of people don't know it's r-u-a-l-r-i-t-e and it's are you all right it's not rural (laughs) or rural it's are you all right so you can find me at Ari All Right. That's awesome. Thanks. I, know, I don't have a website. I don't have a website or anything. I got no I got no personal brand, sorry to say I, I missed that boat, but uh I love putting stuff on Instagram, so Yeah, I think that up. uh Instagram has been like an amazing tool for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And an amazing tool for small communities. It's it's beautiful. It's the it's like it's still one of the more beautiful places on the internet, fortunately. Um, I love it, but uh, it's also addictive, so I try to take breaks. But yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I just did that over the weekend. But <laughs> cool, Evan. Yeah, Thank you so move. much for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Yeah, that's um, okay. It's Ernesto uh, from Bone Machine. Uh, I'm the the organizer and founder of Bone Machine. Nice. So tell me how a uh, Bone Machine came together and the history of the race and how you got involved. Okay. Well, uh, I think uh, everything started when I started working with litter bikes, and um, he, I got hooked on on the fixed gear uh, racing scene, if you can play it like that. And, um, and Patrick, Patrick from Pedal Consumption, that's the one that uh, he put me in contact with leaders. So I started working with them and realized that uh, it was kind of like a small world. Everybody knew everybody or you knew someone that knew someone that was in, into racing crits. And um, I've been promoting events, mostly a rock band since 2000. And that's because I like music a lot. And then when I got hooked on into uh, racing uh, at the Belladrome, mostly in, 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 in Portland, uh, then I started seeing the uh, uh, Red Hook and all these races, and realized that uh, I have uh, enough contacts to to have uh, like a good race in Portland. I realized that 
I checked and I saw that in all the the West Coast, the, the closest race to Portland was in, in San Francisco, which was Mission Creek. So there was no races in in Oregon, in Washington, not even in Canada. And yeah, that's when when I I thought about like why not organize a creep here in Portland and that's yeah, that's what gave me the idea. Yeah, so the last one was in twenty sixteen, correct? Yeah, that was the first one and yeah, the last one we we didn't anything on 2017 but uh, we we uh, partnered with Clive who helped uh, who his, his, they, they're helping a lot to bring a, a promotion and a lot of uh, know-how yeah that uh, we're bringing back the, the race in this year nice what are some uh uh your favorite stories from the day from 2016? Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, my my first TV would be uh, Alison Sawada, uh, not tightening up uh, his uh, rear wheel and uh, crossing the line in qualifications running. And he started last and he won the race. I think that was my favorite story, or probably most of people that attended to one machine. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so he ended up running? You said, yeah, he, oh, crossed the line, he crossed <laughs> the line on the qualifications because uh, he forgot to tighten the rear wheel. Oh, no. And the rear wheel slipped on, and... He crossed the line running with the bike on his shoulder, and for that reason, he started last, but won the race. Dang. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was really cool. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so talk a little bit about what 2018 looks like, and what like the course looks like, and what people can expect. Safa has a lot of expertise. Uh, Yes, everybody knows in the racing and also promoting races. So um, he's doing um, little changes on the course uh, differently as the 2016 course. It's going to be pretty technical, but there's like some changes. It's going to be pretty much the same, but uh, we're making some 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 changes. Um, that's uh, for the course and um, for the whole event this year. That's why um, we waited one more year because we wanted, we saw the potential of uh, this race and not having uh, creeps in all the, the northwest area of the United States. So uh, this this year we're doing more uh, some sort of like a festival. And um, we're focusing a lot on a experience from all the attendees and racers. So this year we're gonna have a, a two bands playing live. 
we're going to have uh, a bike polo championship there so people can see them. We're going to have a beer garden uh, right in the middle of the course, food cars. So I think if people are going to have a lot of fun uh, this year, uh, racers, and this is going to be kind of like a huge party of what we want to bring to, to people. Yeah, so I know that uh, registration just opened. But I've been hearing rumors that, like, maybe Team Stanridge is going to be there, State Bicycles, uh, like, Addison and them are coming back. Have you heard any, like, confirmation on who's going to be racing yet? Uh, we, there's rumors, and uh, we've been announcing uh, riders, and, uh, but a... Uh, Seems like Aventon team is uh, the most of the team is coming. Uh, Veronica Bollock is coming. Uh, Jeremy Santucci and some other riders. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be announcing them uh, when the time comes. I don't know. Nice, that's awesome. I was just curious. You know, I had to try. <laughs> yeah yeah but it seems like there is going to be a lot of people there and it's going to be a really intense race and from what i've been hearing from people on the podcast who were there in 2016 like everybody has nothing but like great things to say about the course and just the weekend in general so i think that uh this year is going to be i wasn't there obviously in 2016 uh but i'm gonna be out there this year so i'm really stoked to like hang out and meet everybody cool. so <laughs> cool yeah i think it's gonna be a, a good year and uh we're uh, moving from the last uh, in 2016 we had it on september this time this this year is gonna be on, on july and the weather is gonna be great so uh portland is a great city to have fun it's a ton of the, the city can offer bunch of stuff like um, craft beer coffee nature around just like a couple hours or an hour away so um, yeah like people that will be coming to Portland will have fun either before after and during the race so yeah I hope a bunch of people come yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the details. Uh, what are the dates of the race? And, um, yeah, and registration is open right now, so people should go register. So. Uh, the date is uh, uh, July 6, 7, and 8. The main event is on July 8. And on July 6, they will have a, a track meet at the Velodrome. And a pre-party. Then on July 7, there's going to be the polo bike qualifications at uh, the Alberta Park here in Portland. And uh, a, a bike show in, uh, in Western Bike Works created by, by Amy Danger. So a bunch of bikes. Uh, she's going to bring uh, the I don't know how many bikes uh, uh, to the 
the show and we're going to have a gold sprints competition people will be able to to compete i think it's going to be like five dollars to entry the gold sprints and whoever wins uh, will take everything and then uh, on july 8th uh, we're gonna have uh, the main event of course the the creed the pants the beer garden and the polo yeah that's awesome i think that's so rad that you guys are including bike polo in the weekend and the track it's like all the fixed gear stuff like all wrapped up in the one weekend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's like people will go there, and you know, like attendees, they will go there and will be able to to see music and the the polo, and the racers will be able to to also see the bands. And so, yeah, it's gonna be like a huge. That's awesome. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? If people come, just uh, expect to have a really, really great time here. And if they're planning to come, I try to to get here a day or two days before or leave a two day one or two days after so you can, like, people can also go and see the city and the, the nature around which is pretty awesome nice and where can people find more information uh, on the website the website will be posting the, all the information the, about the, the times the activities and the events and, and everything well hey thank you so much for doing this I can't wait Thank you, thank you, Joshua, and uh, I'll see you here. All right, that does it for another episode of Save the Track Bike. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our sponsor at Hexagon Cycles. That's hexagoncycles.com. Thanks to fixgearcrit.com. Thank you so much to my guests. Thank you to all of you for listening. The music is Slag Girl by Vitamin Pets. Visit us on Instagram at Save the Track Bike or go to SaveTheTrackBike.com. And we'll see you next time.